0: Jump runs. He's in the 10 15. He's in the 20 25 30 35 40 45 50. There goes Jump. He's in the 30. 20
1: 10 5. Touchdown. Jump a hub
0: Third down and 10. Pick it back. Here comes the rush. They've got him sack number one. Hassan Redick, for five and a half of the season. Wow. Mahomes looks to throw it. Pump faking. Right side. He wants it come a comeback, touchdown! It is caught by Kelsey! Touchdown, Kansas City! One of the greatest duos in the history of the National Football League! What's up, everybody? Welcome back into can Bound, episode 15. Wow. And just like can Bound, we're coming to the end of the fantasy football season. <laughs> At least for this season. At least for this season, yep, I'm joined as always by my good buddy Adam. How you doing, bud?
1: I'm doing very well, man. I uh, I can't believe that one, we haven't gotten kicked off yet. Two, that the season like it feels very recently that you know we're talking with Austin, getting everything all set up. You know, Matt Bruning, and everybody get this podcast going, and like the season's almost over. I mean, it is. I, it's I don't. Crazy. It's it's been a blur. It's crazy.
0: It's going so fast. Uh, so fast. But uh, here we are. When you're listening to this, it'll be Thursday. The first game of the last game of the fantasy football regular season. will be kicking off that evening. That's nuts to say. It's yeah, nuts it is, to say. It's it, really it, crazy that we've gotten to this point already.
1: It, it is kind of crazy when you think about the fact that, uh, you know, this, this right now, like, I, I guess we can get into a couple things, but... Uh, Right now, when you have this week, this Thursday game kicks off, like if you need a win to get in, this is it, buddy. This is your last, uh, this is your last dance, if you will.
0: Last hoorah.
1: Yeah. Last you, you, better, you better get this dub or this will be your last one. It could be winter go home for you already, you know?
0: Yeah, for some of us, you know, uh, I shouldn't say for some of For some of our teams, uh, because I got teams all over the spectrum here. <laughs> I got teams yeah. that are already eliminated because I've been rebuilding. I got some teams that are failed contenders that – it ain't looking good. I got some teams that are, you know, sitting pretty, I would say. I'd say for some of our teams, you know, we don't have to worry about it. I don't care what happens this week for some of y'all. I'm sitting in the 1C, that thing locked up. I'll see y'all in week 16. <laughs> don't matter to me. Just nobody right. get hurt on my team. We're fine.
1: <laughs> yeah, we, actually, yeah, you don't care about wins or losses this week. It's just a uh, no, game just of attrition. Keep my guys ready for two weeks, you know. So what we're going to talk about today, uh, grinding
0: those dynasty edges. Like, how do you get to this point, right? How do you how do you get to the point where you could have got yourself maybe one more win? Or if you're a rebuilder, how do you get yourself to that point where you get one more draft pick? And that one more draft pick turns into some player like Puka Nakua. <laughs> that one more draft pick turns into some player like Sam Laporta. You know, third-round rookie draft pick almost everywhere. That one more draft pick, you know, maybe turned into uh, Dalton Kincaid. Right? Yep. Something like that, where yep. you're enjoying the fruits of the fruits of that draft pick. So grinding yeah. those dynasty edges and we uh we kind of overlook it almost all the time. Like the little small things are the things in dynasty sometimes that those are the ones that'll put you over. Adam like right now, here's a here's a perfect example of what I mean by grinding those edges. We got quarterbacks seemingly going down every single week. <laughs> every single week.
1: Not seemingly. They are. Okay. It's, like, it's like flies. <laughs> it's it's actually it's actually crazy, I, Mike. I was over uh, at my parents' house today, and my dad even said to me, "Who's not a fantasy guy? He watches football, but he's not." He's like, "I guess so." This is just the year of the injured quarterback, huh? Oh
0: wow, wow! Yeah, you wouldn't think a lot of people would notice that outside of fantasy football, <laughs> right? Here we he,
1: are. First thing he said to me:
0: "All right, so you got these quarterbacks going down. Like, what's one thing even as as a contender grinding the edges would mean?" And every time like one of these backup quarterbacks is out, you're like, you're doing what you can to get him picked up, put on your roster, line up best ball doesn't matter, best ball especially. Adam, like, I, if there's a quarterback who's going to be starting this week, that's a dude that you should get on your roster. I don't know, yeah. I can't tell you how many times last week I went and picked up Joe Flacco right in best <laughs> ball leagues, and all of a sudden on Sunday I'm like, damn, that guy's going to make be my QB two this week. Would you look at that?
1: Like, can I give you a crazy one? I have a, a team in best ball that has four legit quarterbacks. Four legit quarterbacks. Joe Flacco was quarterback one this week. Yeah. He was the fifth one that I added. I also have a team that had, you want to talk about injured quarterbacks? It's a super flex redraft league. And Tim Boyle was my only quarterback. And now I'm right back to the wire again where I don't have anything. <laughs> right, so. back
0: to, right back to <clears throat> going to picking stuff up. Oh my yep. gosh. <laughs> but as a contender, you're grinding it. But why is it important to do it as a rebuilder, right? Like You think, Man, season's over for me. It's been over for weeks. I don't care. Adam, in some leagues that have a trade deadline, that's week fourteen, or have a trade deadline that don't have a trade deadline, like we, uh, we argued that on four D this week, <laughs> Just about trade deadlines or no trade deadlines. But say, you don't have a trade deadline. Why is it important for me as a rebuilder to be out on the waiver wire picking those guys up? Because there's going to be some contender that's going to need them, right? Nobody cared about Jake Browning until all of a sudden he's. You know, putting up a monster week on Monday Night Football, right? And all of a sudden, it's like, man, I could buy Jake Browning from Mike for a third. (laughs) He's on his roster. That's an extra third-round pick that I wasn't counting on. At the very worst, Jake Browning, you know, there's like a, what, 0.5% chance he's got a job somewhere else next year starting meaningful games, right? Like the Brock Purdy situation from last year. Like, this is what we're looking at easiest case scenario though i'm flipping them down like a team like adam who's maybe competing going adam like, just give me a third i i don't care 2026 20, third sure <laughs> like if a 2026 20, third was sitting on the waiver wire i would have spent all my fab on it. easily i picked jake browning up for five bucks now adam's got to come pay me a third for him easy enough yeah nobody wants to give me a third that's a free fourth oh mike we don't like force you guys have heard on this show this exact show us talk about how you could possibly identify those deep, deep sleepers that could absolutely change your dynasty fate. Like think about all those free Puka Nakua shares that you got. So you go, oh, fourth rounder, that ain't nothing. It could be, it could be, if you do this week over week, over week, over week, over week, that's a bunch of force. It's a bunch of thirds, right? These are the extra little things that add up. So that's what I mean by grinding those edges. Absolutely insane, Adam. That uh, Listen, picking up a Jake Browning, a Tim Boyle, a Joe Flacco. Think about it if you were to trace it all the way back. You're doing this uh, seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. Remember that game? (laughs) Yeah. Chase it all the way back. It could be the simple thing that in week 10, you were grinding the waiver wire. You were grinding those dynasty edges. (laughs) You picked up a turd backup quarterback. You flipped that guy for a third. Then that third ended up going into another deal. that third, that other deal, whatever piece you got, maybe you got an extra first out of it. That extra first then became, oh, my God. I was able to move up four spots in the first round and select C.J. Stroud. Much different than if I were to take Bryce Young at that spot. Oh. Even better, right? You go from having, what, a QB 20 to having a potential guy who might be QB number one overall. Startup number 101 next year in 2024. These yeah. are the little things that add up over time, so.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, the uh, <clears throat> it, it's actually kind of interesting how a lot of the points you're making here, I think everybody's typically, um, unless it's a one-off scenario going to be very present during your draft during the big the big moment events right yeah even your trades like you're obviously you're going to be present during your trades i hope otherwise i don't know how you got it done but the the <clears throat> the draft is really key there's a lot of key points in, in dynasty but like you know it's it's very often not the case where almost never where you draft a team make no moves don't just rest on your laurels and just here you you, you got to you walked into a title because of an unbelievable draft you had one year right mm-hmm. i mean in this game of dynasty it's not that way now if you play in a redraft league with the people and there's not a lot of action and trades you know maybe maybe you ended up not really working the wire and you got a title but in the way that we play this game the little edges a lot of times are going to be what defines the edge in your team or someone else at the right time. And I think the reason it's so important now to think about is you can't go back and change what you, you didn't do during the year, but those edges right now, especially are the most crucial. Hey, if you, if you miss on a waiver wire pickup, Mike, in week nine, you maybe you lost a week because of it. And maybe it's a player that still could be in your lineup right now. But if you just lose one, one game during the regular season, as long as you make the playoffs, that doesn't kill you. But if you get, someone else beat you to the punch on a waiver wire pickup that knocks you out that you could have had That's literally a win that you could have had that they beat you to the punch and they beat you because of it, that that will happen to our teams on both sides of the spectrum. Right? So that's why I think at least acknowledging that now, whether you've been doing it or not throughout the year, like, it's really time to focus on even some of the very little things, which don't seem like much, but the minor details can matter so much in the win column, uh, this time of year. And like you said, on a rebuilder, even grind, that extra edge so that you can get your team more built up to be ready to contend sooner.
0: Yeah. And I'm going to go through a a dynasty team. I have one that's uh, sitting in first place right now. Um, this league has been around for four or five years at this point. So this team's sitting in first place right now. I won the championship, I think, in the first year, <clears throat> and then rebuilt, right? Just did a rebuilder, and now we're right back here in contention. But I just wanted to go through the lineup. I thought it would be fun to see uh, player history. Where did these players come from? Like, how did Mike acquire these players that are currently starting in my lineup, right? So Patrick Mahomes, uh, acquired him this year in September for three firsts. <laughs> um, Bijan Robinson, acquired him this year in May with a one-on-one pick. Brees Hall. I acquired him last year with the one oh one pick. <laughs> Chris Olave, uh picked him one hundred nine. <clears throat> wow. George Pickens.
1: What a Pickens. great pick that came into,
0: huh? Yeah, George Pickens. I picked him one eleven a couple years ago. Sam Laporta picked him at the two oh eight this year.
1: Pre that was the pre uh NFL draft, right? Yep. Yep.
0: Uh Nico Collins two years ago. So Jesus. Twenty twenty one Adam. I got Nico Collins in a trade. I sent away A.J. Brown and Brandon Ayuk. Nope, not A.J. Brown. Antonio Brown. The other A. Brown. (laughs) Antonio Brown and Brandon Ayuk. Back when Antonio Brown was still relevant, huh? I got Paris Campbell, Nico Collins, a 22 first and a 22 second. So who the hell knows where those picks actually are, like what those became. Right? Yep. Now I'm sitting here with Nico Collins in my lineup. Just as a throw-in piece from two years ago. Found money. Derrick Henry. Acquired this year for a second and two-thirds. Beginning of September. Nuts. Isaiah Pacheco. (laughs) I sent, uh, sent away Rashad White in November of last year. And I got Isaiah Pacheco and Greg Dolchich back. Wow. Dak Prescott. I sent away Amon Ra, St. Brown, and Jahan Dotson in February of this year. I got Dak Prescott and Chris Godwin back.
1: Chris Godwin dad, hasn't even done anything, and you still take that.
0: Right. Bench. You know, like, Mac Jones is sitting here on the bench. had not done anything. <laughs> Sky Moore. I picked him with the 110 a couple of years ago. Talk about a wasted pick, right? Still on my team just because I can't move him. Jordan Addison. Picked him with a 108. Quint Johnston picked him with the 107, you know. Uh, Rondell Moore picked him with the 203. Trey McBride picked him with the 206. I'm doing too bad there. Uh, injured reserve, Jonathan Taylor acquired him this year for Michael Wilson, 24 first, 24 second. Kendra nice. Miller picked him with the 201. Taxi Squad, Jaden Reed picked with the 210 so like these dudes come from all over
1: <clears throat> yeah this i mean you, and you even have some of those deals i wanted to just highlight real quick uh, before you go like even that jt deal which before the injury was nice i mean there's there, it, you're gonna hit all ends of the spectrum with trades so it's yes. not like they're all gonna be home runs but go ahead what were you gonna say
0: so even like those draft picks right like i didn't see any that uh you know like home runs that i hit with like third rounders or fourth rounders right there's no
1: pool sammy laporta two oh eight, about as home run as that pickle yeah. get like Trey McBride 206 same same idea
0: Um, Jaden Reed nice depth piece even in lineup 210 not too bad with those picks. but you kind of got like a spray chart of like your assets come from all over or you have the ability as you can see like I acquired a lot of assets because what I have a lot of free draft capital laying around right where did I get that draft capital through making deals like Making dynasty deals. And they don't always have to be the big ones. Sometimes you just get an extra pick thrown in and a bigger deal. That's fine. That's kind of how we think about it. But a lot of times Adam is like these small ones, right? Like I got the hot waiver wire pickup. Somebody needs a quarterback, I got Tommy DeVito. Hey, give me a third. Like I, I'll give you Tommy DeVito. Or you got a Josh Dobbs. Remember when yeah. you, can al- you can almost get a second for Josh Dobbs for a lot of things. Sometimes oh, it's just like I don't need Josh Dobbs. I'll take two-thirds. Hey, give me two-thirds.
1: The, the, oh man i don't want to take i don't want to take this off the rail so i'm gonna let you finish this point before we get to this josh dobbs no, thing. go
0: ahead go ahead josh dobbs baby let's go well on.
1: the reason it, it, it brings me to a point in another league that i'm in and i think it's a good conversation here where so I'm like i am in a position this is where you know variance is such an in, intriguing wild thing about fantasy football that honestly to me makes it what makes it the beast that it is that it's we try to solve it like it's a math equation. But because it's variance and a variable, there's there's always going to be something in there that you can't account for that makes it this game that we all just love so much but is impossible to predict and always hit right, no matter what you do. So, Mike, there's a team that I have where I made it. So get this. I traded in the offseason <clears throat> um, with this team to go get three quarterbacks that I felt good about. You know, last year we're looking at quarterbacks and we're like, all right, I want to have three quarterbacks that I feel decent about at least have a decent quarterback three. So, Mike, I make trades. I get Deshaun Watson. I have Daniel Jones, and I have Dak Prescott. So, obviously, as you know, Watson and Dimes are out for the year, <clears throat> and Dak started incredibly slow, right? He came along late, though. So now, Mike, I, I basically, because of the situations the quarterbacks gave me, decided to take it the other way, reverse. Like, it's time to go in reverse, and it's time to rebuild. You know what the crazy part is? Because of the way the league, league settings are and how there's not really a truly elite, elite option at the top. Yeah, Like I'm out here winning games, I'm out here winning games because Dak's been so good. I'm out here winning games and with this team I've been taking in reverse, I'm literally on the edge of making the playoffs now. And Dak's playing so well and some of these guys on my team that, like this team if you look at it is not the perennial contender. I don't wanna make it to be that case, right? But it's good enough where it's like, man, if I was able to maybe cheaply add a Dobbs type, this is why the conversation's coming up, the Dobbs type, some kind of a super flex, option just to get me through the playoffs i might have a puncher's chance in this league so the fact that i already my pick can't go to 103 or 4 anymore why not see if i can get in the playoffs hell you know so i'm out here trying to make all these deals for super flex options one team in particular has dives has another couple you know quarterbacks that are not long-term solutions let's say very much and we he's he's trying to get me to give him a first man and i'm like, dude. I'm, it's never going to happen from me. I mean, if you get it from someone else, I mean, I, honestly, more power to you. We're, we're at the point where like, he's not even talking a second, like, and I, I'm feeling like a second would be a little bit of an overpay, right? Or at least like giving you a, more than what you need for Dobbs, a, a very fair deal. The reason it's so, con- the reason I wanted to talk about this is from his lens. What I don't understand is Josh Dobbs, if you don't make a move for him, right? Like you don't, he doesn't value him as a long-term play. What What is the point? Obviously, if you want to ask for a gouge to get it, fine. But mm-hmm. if you can't get it, what is the point in holding him? Like that That's where I don't understand we're at the point where we have less than a week. I don't see him giving me a deal. I don't see him giving him a deal to anyone else. And Josh Dobbs, you're not, you don't get the chance to extract out that value. And it, 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 that value can just go away and poof, you just lost it on your chance to rebuild. That's where I really don't understand it from his side other than he's just trying to gouge. Like it doesn't make sense to me.
0: Yeah. I'm definitely with you on the side. Uh, and you know me, I, I, we've had a lot of discussions, too, where if I want to rebuild, like, my my price threshold isn't as high, right? The opportunity to diversify my assets is almost greater than get full market boat. And I don't really want to gouge people. Like, there are times where I will leverage people into paying more. Like, man, Adam's really desperate for a quarterback. But I'm going to leverage you into it like with an asset that's really good right like it's safe and secure right like yeah you want justin herbert off me you're gonna pay for it adam of course right uh you want and much to you know most times it, it works out pretty well for me but you know firsthand and then the people who follow our stuff and, and know me know my hate uh, uh i should say distaste for brock purdy <laughs> like i i keep it honest about how he's playing but in the off season, adam Like, you're watching me trade Brock Purdy away for, you know, third-round picks.
1: Second? second. It went to seconds, it went to Trey Lance straight up.
0: Yeah, it wasn't any first, right? Like, I'm I'm dealing them all over the place. And talk about coming back to bite you in the ass. Yeah,
1: right, absolutely.
0: (laughs) So there's another one, right? Like, Brock Purdy we are talking about uh, with, with like, late-round free draft picks, that kind of stuff, right? Fab money. But, like, quarterbacks like that, like Josh Dobbs, Josh Dobbs was found money there for a while like at the beginning of the season you're like oh man He ain't too bad like I might be able to spot start him or something And then when he got to the Vikings for the first couple games you're like damn like this guy's actually a difference maker You know what I mean? Like he's a he's like a QB one option. I should be starting Josh Dobbs And then we saw his last game pretty bad (laughs) Pretty horrible and where we got these question marks I did see that it came out today that they announced that he's going to start again like he's going to be the starting quarterback you know, coming off their buy, so that's good. But Adam, if you're coming to me trying to buy this Josh Dobbs share, and I'm going, well, I don't think uh, realistically this is a dude who's going to have a you know an opportunity opportunity to start. I mean, let's be honest about it. He's what in his tenth year, fifteenth year? <laughs> it feels like with Josh Dobbs on his thirty seventh team. Like there's yeah, kind of a reason you're bouncing around all the all over the place.
1: I mean, he's been, he's been on three teams this season for those that are, you know, mathing at home. I mean, he, he's much- the definition of a journeyman. He's a definition of a journeyman. He's having a great, he's having a very storybook type season, but what does that really amount to long-term, you know? Right.
0: Right. Like how much would, would you be able to be gouged for a Josh Dobbs type?
1: I told you, man, I would basically have given up not my own. Cause I, on this rebuild, Mike, now I have, I have seconds, right? I was willing to give even a mid second, which I feel like is really strong and rich. I feel like I'm already paying you more than I should. But I'm like, at this point, like, it's one of, here here's one of the things. I, I'm looking at this like, okay, my team is very likely to get in the playoffs and I don't have a super flex option. So if I'm gonna make the playoffs, why not at least see if I can give myself a lineup that might have a chance? It may not, but like I am in two games. I'm in I'm in the money. I'm you know, I have this opportunity in front of me. So even if it's a little bit of an overpay, it's a quarterback. We we are talking right now about how the quarterback options are gone across the league. Like it's not like I can just go buy one at a lot of stores. So even though that's an overpay to answer your question, I think a, a mid second, late second is like, I feel as though, I already feel as though I'm investing more into this than I should, because it's not an asset that probably gives me much long-term. But I, I do think part of the grinding, this is not a team I would typically invest in. Like, but part of the grinding is you build up all these dubs so that when you have to in spots, you end up, overpaying a little bit, but you've built up a bankroll. It's kind of like saving money. You know, like there's gonna be times where you need to go buy something. It's not gonna cost you what you want it to, but I'm doing that because like, I need to fit that spot here. I don't have any other options at Superflex. A lot of these teams are still trying to make the playoffs. No one's coming off QBs or they don't have any. So it's like, the the problem is we're gonna both end up losing out if he doesn't make a deal like that, right? If I don't, if he doesn't take a top end offer from me, I get no quarterback and he gets nothing for the option.
0: Exactly. Exactly, there becomes a point where you just go like, "I'm good, man." And uh, hey, you you can try all you want, but you're just hurting yourself in the long run. Because in reality, somebody if somebody came to our Discord, right? They came to the Savage Tier, and they're like, "Hey, Mike Adam, I got this offer." And there's this guy, he desperately needs quarterbacks. I think I can leverage him. He wants Josh Stops. He's willing to give up a mid second, and I'd be like, "You haven't taken that yet. You're an
1: idiot." <laughs> this this is where we some of the ways in which we talk to our patrons it's it's actually you know endearing but it's also like we love you but these are the things that you don't keep asking in here we let you know like stop asking me these questions go that deal should already be accepted
0: ask me the high level questions this one's too easy (laughs) like
1: you know you you can listen to our free stuff you can listen to anything we put out free and you know the answer to this question you know
0: if you if they came and they asked uh listen this guy needs a quarterback he's trying to play hardball all he wants to give me is a single third be like well send him this deal back right structure it in this way yes if he doesn't want to take it then fine like i would rather hold on to josh Dobbs because in the event he does have a job somewhere next year well piss off like you can keep your third but right like ideally i want to get him off my team i want to get the points off my team i want to get another l on my resume to make my own draft pick better you know we go into the full explanation of why you would like to move josh Dobbs, but you come with that easy one, that layup, like you're talking about, like a mid second. Jesus,
1: <laughs> by all means, yeah, I mean, buddy. <laughs> it's a it's a playoff t- it's a playoff second that isn't getting a buy. Like I feel like that's like kind of the definition of mid, maybe maybe late, but more like a mid. You know, it,
0: it, is there? I guess it brings up the question: Is there any any of those like borderline Josh Dobbs esque quarterbacks like that that you wouldn't trade on a rebuilder <laughs> for a mid second?
1: Uh, no, the the ones that you if you describe them like Josh Dobbs, the answer is definitely no. I mean, because what the, the defining criteria, Mike. Which one of the things I'm I'm trying to get better at is you know when you when you talk through something, give defining criteria so people can kind of take it and run with it their All way.
0: Right. I'll give you some examples. Josh Dobbs is QB twenty eight on Keep Trade gut right now. Okay, yeah, that's where he is. Even after that bad week, down a little bit. Derek Carr or a mid second. You're a rebuilder.
1: Honestly, I, I, I don't think I'm even... The reason I wouldn't buy Derek Carr, I don't know who he's going to play. I don't know how healthy he is, and he hasn't been doing anything all year anyway.
0: Correct. But if you're a rebuilder, would you sell him for a Oh, second?
1: I'm sorry. Are you talking, I'm thought you're talking about from me from this buying no, no, no. on this team. Rebuilding, I'm selling for a second, yes. Mid-second, for sure.
0: Aaron Rodgers?
1: Yeah. Gosh, yes.
0: Aiden O'Connell?
1: From, uh, y- yes, yes, yes. A thousand times, yes.
0: Gardner mid Desmond Ritter. All of them. DTR. Who it? Trey Lance.
1: Everybody you just mentioned there, like it's not even a really, a, it, there's not much of a discussion. I guess I could see, it's not me personally. I could see someone saying, listen, Carr just got really banged up this year. I think typically he's a better fantasy scorer, even though he's getting older. Like I believe next year he'll be somewhere. I'm not going to say it's the right process, Mike. But for him, I could at least say like, I don't agree, but I get where you could come from. The other guys don't make any sense. So the reason I was going to say the defining criteria for me, Mike, is this, and let me, let me know your thoughts. It would have to be someone that's maybe ha- got a role that we weren't expecting them to, is performing, and I can say to myself, this is, this is the, the biggest b- defining criteria. Like, can they actually just be an outlier and have a job that c- they can continue to earn over time and a force us to believe in this player, right?
0: I mean, you, you could just say Baker Mayfield's name.
1: Sure, Baker Baker Mayfield is is, would be one where like I probably don't like it, but I would do it. Yeah, like on a Rebuilder, I'd still sell for a second. Yes, on a Contender, I'd buy that. Right on a Rebuilder, I'd still sell it.
0: Still, right? That could come down to it where you you could go one of two ways: like, do I want the mid second, or do I want the possibility of having Baker Mayfield? Am I ready to go in twenty four? Sure, that kind of thing. So yeah,
1: like Baker would be a good one, yes. But it has to be a guy that I can say, you know, isn't hitting like crazy age cliff at range isn't in this Derek Carr Aaron Rodgers for sure and also like these young guys like DTR the DTR thing I mean let's just say before Flacco came over and he was going to start the rest of the year we we all know by the contract there that he's not going to be the starter next year right yeah. like you're investing in something that doesn't have really an outcome of being the starter long term so that that's where to your point yes Baker Mayfield I guess he might be one of the only ones that would really kind of fit that bill could you
0: throw could you throw matt stafford even though he's on the older side in there
1: yeah i mean he's a uh he would be kind of like the car thing except for he's probably played, performed a little bit better and at times has given you upside so he he's very similar to car in, in that regard though which is why it's not quite but yeah you i could make the case again and that's why i said it with Derek Carr, i could understand someone saying uh, why you'd hold
0: yeah yeah, I just thought, I thought it was interesting that he's that high, and I'm just going like every kind of quarterback around him. If I'm on a rebuilder, somebody comes to me with a mid second, these dudes are just gone. Here you go. I'm not gonna fight you. I'm not right. gonna try to leverage you. I don't care. I, I don't. I, Adam, I don't even look to see if you need a quarterback. Right. The only thing I'm looking to see is where's that draft pick? Oh, that's Bob's. Bob's the 106 right now or the 206. Right. <laughs> Done. Here you go. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> I don't care if I'm helping you. <laughs> Doesn't matter. That's irrelevant to me. All I'm thinking about is my team. And I'm thinking about where that pick is, and I'm thinking about what this quarterback actually means to me, and I'm going, draft pick means more. Having that liquidity means more to me. Right. Having that extra mid-second next <clears> year where maybe I can move up and, and get from a J.J. McCarthy <laughs> range in the rookie draft to a Drake May. Sure. Right? Like, could i make that jump with a mid-second could that be a piece that i use absolutely
1: even if it's not the sole piece what if you have that in the repertoire now that you got that basically in the chamber as a bullet to add to something else you have right yeah sometimes i think people like this is where uh mike i guess one of the interesting parts to me about when people get dismissive of like late seconds and early thirds i don't understand when you don't think about it as it you can also stockpile stuff to get to a bigger piece you don't have to always draft the second third round pick but that's a different discussion
0: i me personally this is probably where i'm too bad at like i get too much uh rookie fever too much uh college fever you know the all the c2c leagues being doing a show we're for watching these.
1: these guys for yeah for forever
0: right doing a show on it right to talking this and then we do all these rookie mocks and we talk rookies for 15 months it feels like that there's it's really only like three or four but it feels like where this is nothing that nothing uh talking nothing about them and then like it gets to that and i'm like oh you want my third and my uh you know my my mid second to move up you know four spots or two spots it's the same tier for me in the rookie draft i get out of here i'll just go ahead and make these picks i'll be excited about them that's probably like the edge that i don't grind enough where i'm going just get rid of it, Mike, just get rid of it, get you into the better player. Clearly you would take this guy before this guy, just go ahead and do it. But yeah, it gets overlooked. And even I have a problem or I struggle with it sometimes, but I'm telling people the dynasty advice is liquidity is an edge. Like that's an edge you can grind. Yes. Taking a relevant or I'm not gonna say irrelevant most likely to be irrelevant in the grand scheme of things in your roster construction most likely to be irrelevant in the the warp discussion how much of an actual difference maker are how close they are to just being a replacement player just a random dude you can find on the waiver wire for a cheap third or whatever the case may be taking those and using them like you're talking about adam as a package to move up into good tiers to tear up not always being this, I want to diversify the wealth. But having that ability is an edge. Because you're going to see in some of these rookie drafts, there may be somebody who's got two first-round picks, right? They don't have any seconds. They don't have any thirds. They don't have any fours. There's a reason that teams like Adam, like some of these other really good diners, Scott Connor's a great one. Like some of these guys are able to get deals done in the rookie draft and jump you, right? I may be picking at four, <laughs> Going, man, I got a real good shot here if somebody passes on, you know, one of my top three. And all of a sudden you see like a trade has gone down, and now Scott Connor's picking right in front of me at 103, and I go, now I have zero chance. Why? Wow. Yeah. I wish I could have done it, but I don't have any seconds. <laughs> I don't have any thirds. <clears throat> I wasn't able to package to to Jim's team over here. To, to move up just one damn spot. I didn't even have that option, right? I'm just stuck at the 104. Like, I don't get that choice.
1: right? That well, is an edge yes. to be
0: able to freely move within a rookie draft that people often overlook.
1: That's, so, like, to, to highlight this point, right? Think about it this way. So, you, we'll talk all the time. Mike and I will talk. Mike, one thing I would like to do, actually, this year, is to, like, I like to kind of go back and look at stuff. I, I want us to actually document, and like put in writing, you know, cause we, we do tiers, and we can even like change it by month or when we decide to change. But so we can look back and say definitively, this was how we had our tiers in rookie drafts, right? Because we'll say, okay, like there's a big difference between let's say a 107 and a 111 because of the players we, we predict that they're going to be there. Right. That that's, that's understanding those edges are big, like understanding that. But remember when you go to your actual draft, what Mike's talking about here is basically the ability to move freely and the ability, the more liquidity you have typically gives you the edge as far as being able to really be liquid actually in the draft and move around the board, how you see fit. Because while yes, we can sit here and tell you these are our rankings and this is how we would tier each draft pick. You were drafting with 11 other people in the 12 team league and you will be surprised at times how your 104 may be available at 108. You're sitting there at 109, 110, but guess what? You have nothing in the chamber really to appeal, to move up. And you're sitting there probably like, man, I want to move up. So now you have to go into your bag of players and be like, am I gonna, maybe you have to now feel like you're overpaying to go up there because you have a player, you don't have any picks. Guess what? Someone else comes in and snipes that. now. You still get your 110, but you lost out on the opportunity to get your 104 player for pennies on the dollar to move up because you didn't have it there.
0: Yeah. One of the good things I, I love every time we do our, uh, our rookie ranks in the offseason like you're talking about is uh, like we usually tear them out and we don't touch them. Right? Like some people throughout the year – you get into September or October, right, you look at their rookie ranks and they've, like, adjusted based on where they play, you know, so people can kind of get an idea. I like to just do my final rookie ranks, right, like right after the draft and then just, I don't touch them. Right. right? That way I can go back and I can see exactly where did I hit, where'd I go wrong, right? Not so much on the hits because we all have hits. Nobody really cares. (laughs) Nobody out here victory. I mean, there are people who victory lap all their successes, uh, but I really – I don't mind, like, the, the fantasy receipts, like, those kind of people. who are like, man, no, you sorry. told me this. Okay. I probably told you seven other things that were right, but we'll just gloss over those. but No, we,
1: we'll talk about the ones I missed. Those are the ones I'm going to hear about. Absolutely.
0: Every year on 4D, like, our first episode we do after the season is always our biggest misses, right? It ain't our greatest hits. <laughs> we're not putting out a compilation of all of our successes. I want to know where I went wrong and how yeah. I got, you know, how I got there. How yeah. did I go wrong? what did i do was it was it just variance was it happenstance was there a process error that i had like when i'm identifying like rookies and ranking rookies was there something about them that i should have known ahead of time and i was just you know you got two uh two rose rose-colored glasses on and you're like ah, i overlooked that good example tier one wide receiver for me adam quentin johnson terrible <laughs> terrible can't run routes. Can't catch football. Can't get open. <laughs> I don't care the fact that he's he's a uh, athletic freak. And is he really an athletic freak? Like if we're gonna discuss that, like is he really right? He he tested poorly <coughs> for what we expected. Right? Played in a wide open offense at TCU. Played in the Big Twelve. That whole thing goes through, did I have the rose-colored glasses on because I assumed this guy was 6'4 and 220 and ran like a deer, and when he actually didn't, and then he's 6'2 and he can't do anything else. <laughs> right? But I am a Tier 1 wide receiver with Jason. <laughs> tier 2 guys, Jordan Addison, Zay Flowers. Why were they in Tier 2 for me and not in Tier 1? Well, size. Zay Flowers being, what, 5'9"? Jordan Addison basically being a smaller Devontae Smith, right? Those are why I put him in Tier 2 over a guy like QJ. I didn't touch those. I didn't get to October and go, man, Jordan Addison just keeps scoring long touchdowns. Zay Flowers heavily involved in the Ravens offense. Quint Johnson not doing shit. right? I actually doubled down on the QJ thing and traded Puka Nakua to you <laughs> multiple times. Yeah,
1: my, my only regret was taking two of the three and not all three. Not all three.
0: <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah, you could have you could have really got me there, buddy. But like that's the kind of thing when you talk about tiers within a rookie draft, having that liquidity. So JSN, I could say I could say this. If I would have traded up into tier one from tier three guy, right? Like Rasheed Rice, Jaden Reed, Jonathan Mango, Jalen Hyatt was who I had in my tier three guys. These are the options I have available when I come up to pick. Right? You kind of know they're going to go in the mid-second, early-second part. Could I take that second plus another second, maybe a third? Could I move up into Tier 1? Could I move up to the 105? Could I move up to the 106 and possibly have an opportunity? 50-50 whether I would have been right, right? You're sitting here today. Would you go, would you rather have QJ or would you rather have Jaden Reed? I mean... I think it's Jaden Reed at this point. I was gonna right? say
1: I don't. I hope that I hope that one isn't fifty fifty. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right, but fifty fifty when you move up into that top. Oh tier, no. Like, okay. You yeah. Know, I like gotcha. Yeah. If I had two tier one guys in in JSN and QJ, at least my odds would have been better because I had just as bad fifty fifty odds. Jonathan Mingo hasn't done anything. Jalen Hyatt has had like two moments all year. Right.
1: I gotcha. You You had a fifty fifty shot moving up to either get JSN or QJ in your which was the out. same right.
0: if I would have sat there. Right. Like if I, yes. But the, the payoff of me having a JSN versus a uh, oh, Rasheed Rice right. Rice at this point seems pretty good, right? Even though Rice is playing well, JSN's always going to carry that, that water, and now he's starting to have moments, so. Right. Grinding that edge in your rookie draft is pretty damn important, right? Having that liquidity to be able to make those moves. At the running back position, it's even more, right? Tier 1 for me was Bijan by himself. Tier 2 was Jameer Gibbs by himself. By himself, yeah. Tier three, then finally you get into the the fifty fifty. A Chan and Kendra Miller. One's, you know, carrying my best ball mania four teams. <laughs> thankfully. Yep. <laughs> the other one <clears throat> hadn't done anything. <laughs> Nothing. I mean he had like a preseason moment, I think. <laughs> he's like he's on that Royce Freeman path, ain't he, Adam? <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> like one preseason moment and then never to be heard from again. But like your tier four running back, Charbonnet, Tank, Roshan, Tajay. If I'm sitting in tier three or four, a possibility in my rookie draft being able to pick them, I would have loved instead of having that, you know, locked in that this is one of the dudes I got to take and I just got to be okay with one of these tier four guys. Do I have enough assets to maybe move into tier three? Do I have enough assets to move up to tier two? Highly unlikely I had enough to move up to tier one, but possibility you could have got it yourself into a Bijan if you had enough seconds yes. and thirds laying around. So these are the kind of things that you got to think about all the time when you're late season here, you're week 14, you know, what kind of edges can you grind as a rebuilder? What kind of edges can you grind as a contender and how are they going to pay off? Right? Like a lot of people who ground the waiver wire last year and found Brock Purdy laying there for, for basically free are going, yeah, he was the reason, you know, I was, I made the, uh, the finals. He was the reason the difference between me not making any money and me making some money. Hell he might have been the reason that you made a championship, you know, a title. So this is the kind of thing. Maybe uh maybe Jake Browning's gonna be that guy this year. We don't know. But if you're not grinding that every single week, right? Grinding those small things that we don't think pay off.
1: What what are you doing? <laughs> what well, that, are you doing? So so I think I think there's actually layers or levels to it and um it is interesting because Mike like what what you're talking about there we we do our rankings basically for for those listening I don't know if you know every draft that we run on in South Harmon it is a, I I'm pretty sure they're all every is 100% not even one that's not a 100% pre NFL draft run rookie draft right I
0: think the only one that isn't uh uh though, okay there's a couple that aren't the IDP league is not because we don't get IDP, IDP players yeah players. okay the C two C league is not, because we have to know who's actually moving on to the NFL to move correct. them from C two C. Sorry, I,
1: you're, you're correct on both of those, and I was I was just thinking more offense dy- dynasty. So you're right Re- on both those. I think
0: regular dynasty, and I think you have that one uh, South Harmon dynasty degenerates. It's like start sixteen or whatever that go. we set up I, as I, a post NFL.
1: I, I did that one just to man. That, I actually did that that way. And that was just to make it, uh, switch it up a little bit. Yeah. Right. Well, the reason I uh, bring this up, Mike, is because when you, when we do our tiers and when we talk about them, we, we're doing them to prep ourselves and get ourselves ready and everybody who does drafts before the NFL draft. And that's where a lot of that information is stored from, right? And so uh, it's great. I'm just saying like when you go post NFL draft, maybe if we were to... Um, inherently there's going to be some things we would tweak and then we have still that old one we have now what does post nfl draft look like and then your rookie rankings you can go back and look our rookie rankings we can just go back and look and see how we switch throughout the season but so, more so to, to see what it looks like before and after um and then i wanted to get to the points of grinding. i
0: did uh i did change or update my rankings and i'm pretty sure you did too um uh, from pre-nfl to post nfl
1: did you know, we okay draft,
0: yeah, yeah i'm pretty sure we did that but those were all like right after, you know what I mean. The rookie ranks were right after, so you're talking early May, you know.
1: <laughs> right. So it's like it was almost uh like immediate reactionary, and not enough, maybe like not enough thinking went involved, really. Correct. But it does make me
0: think that we should have two separate tabs. <laughs> that's right? what
1: I'm saying exactly. The two separate tabs to keep it clear and easy to look at. Exactly yeah. right. Yep. And then it
0: it'll, it'll help us.
1: Right. <laughs> that's exactly right, and especially as you go to look back at prior years, it'll give you. Because here, here's the, to get to the point you're making, the grinding the edges, what are you doing? I think there's layers or levels to it, Mike, and, that, and it's this. So, there is, you know, going through and doing all these things in the waiver wire and then making trades, or if you can't make a trade from the player, you hold them and, and you find out by either, your point of Jake Browning, like, maybe he is the one, maybe he's not. Maybe you picked up a guy in the waiver wire, you had a chance to sell him, and you don't. Now, what you get to see is, man, how much would I love to have just anything, any type of liquidity? This guy went back to zero, and I and here I am, and I'm going to put him back at the wire. So I was rebuilding, and <laughs> couldn't use him to help me win because I don't care about winning. And now I put the fish back in the pond, right? Like, Rip. sometimes you have to go through that live time to really get your head wrapped around. I should sell these players for less. Sometimes that's what you have to see to be mike. And I can tell you, hey, we're selling for a third. You're like, nah, man, I'm not doing that. All right, well. Don't do it. And then a year from now, when you put them back in the waiver wire, you say, man, I wish I would have sold for even a fourth, right? Like sometimes going through and seeing that, but at minimum, Mike, at minimum, whether it's your wins, your losses, and you're talking about for us, we, we put out very clearly. I think this is one thing that we try to do and almost emphasize. We let you clown us on the comments. We we want you to clown us in our comments on YouTube. We want you to make fun of us and, and tell us where we went wrong and be very clear and open about it. And we're going to be the same way. We're going to go into a whole podcast for an hour every year where we say, man, look at this, look at how bad some of these misses were. It's like, you know, we missed the whole hoop. We shot the ball into the crowd, right? But we put that out there because when you, when you go back and look at a minimum, like I think what you should be doing is looking at your wins and losses. And I think this is the air that can be in the process of looking at them. A lot of people just like say, oh man, look at this. Like they kind of celebrate and gloat in their wins. And they say, man, I really, this was bad. What you should be doing on both, regardless, like remove yourself if you can for a second. Just think about it. What, what did I screw up? Why did I screw up on my losses? Where was the error? Where is the learning lesson? What can I now apply from this big L and help me get more of the W's? And then also with the W's, why was this a good move? What was the process behind it? Why did I win this trade so bad? And, and frankly, Mike, one of the things that I find where with RW's and the more I do it, I can give you a lot more clear, defined criteria like I was talking about that says why this is a good process move. A lot of people that celebrate their, their wins and they, I ask them about it, you know what it is? It's not a repeatable win. They just gouge somebody's eyes out one day okay you're not gonna be able to repeat that i'm not saying you don't do it but where in your your wins are you going to continue to replicate this for future success both sides i think you should be thinking about what's the process what did i learn here and at a minimum if you didn't get anything done how do i improve and make myself a better dynasty gamer to get and win the edges like you're talking about here with this whole episode i think that's the biggest crucial part right there
0: yeah yep yeah. we we really live too much now and the uh the here and now too right like, yeah, you look at those draft picks and they're just a number, right? That mid-second you're talking about for Josh Dobbs. That's just a number right now. And you go, ah, he's worth more than that. Come on. I can get a first. Come May. Hey, is that going to be the case? Right? Come come next September, is that going to be the case? <laughs> I can tell you the likelihood is probably not. <laughs> it's probably not. It might be a, a Sammy Laporta-esque player that you take with that mid-pick, right? You will. I pointed out a couple where i had like some of those mid-round hits the Trey yeah. brides of sam as the sam laporta's a tight end who would you rather have right now it's a tight end over josh Dobbs. no shit. by a long shot it's, now, it's yeah
1: by by a now what happen,
0: now what happens if josh Dobbs doesn't have a job right like think back to uh to the early part of the year sam laporta comes out monday night football and you're like damn you're getting five six catches as a rookie tight end, he's heavily involved.
1: Yeah, looks looks fluid. Yep,
0: Josh Dobbs, waiver wire at that time. Some people just barely picking him up, right? That's where it is. That's how much it changes. So right now, it's just a number to you. But think, try to think long term about it, and grind that edge because that's an edge too in itself. Yeah, the ability to try to project into the future, and it doesn't have to be this guy's going to finish as a you know. Tight end one, he's going to finish as tight end four. This quarterback's going to finish, you know, in this range. But project dynasty value and be reasonable, Paul. Well, reasonable about it, which is something you and I try to do all the time when we're talking trades. We're talking anything.
1: Like yes, I think I think. uh And one of the learning curves for me, I'll just I'll go ahead and give you, frankly, one of the things I've learned. I'm sure it's the same for you now, Mike. Is one of the things early when you start doing that is you're going to have a lot of bias and you're going to, you know you're gonna get bullish on a player, uh, uh, an outcome. And here's the reality, when you project these things, when I'm on both contending and rebuilding, it doesn't matter where what part of this I'm on, I ask myself when, I, when I'm when i making these predictions, I'm not just making a single outcome prediction, I, I look at it in a range of outcomes. I say to myself, what are the range of outcomes here for the players, right? For example, Sam Laporta, let's go ahead and talk, to you, Sam Laporta, like, he was drafted well enough, good enough, to say like before going into the year, like he's going to matter. I mean, he's definitely going to be a tight end with the role. He's they, they basically replaced TJ Hawkinson directly with Sam LaPorta. Like obviously they'd have very, very high stock in this kid range of outcomes for me was going to be solid. Starting tight end, tight end 15. I'll be honest. My range of outcomes didn't have him going to tight end one, but I could have told you he's going to be in the tight end, you know, eight mix, Goddard mix. So although my range of outcome as, as reasonable as I would have given it to you, wasn't a hundred percent, right the range of outcome there still probably outweighs the range of outcomes for Dobbs where it's okay. He definitely a range of outcomes on the low end is just going to be a backup again. And he may never get a starting job again. He may get a starting job again, but what's the likelihood of him getting a Geno Smith level contract? Like that's, that's the upside right on the range of outcomes. if you're going to bet on it, so decide all that for yourself. But I think when you make the prediction of what are the future, what does the future look like for players and all these assets, Give yourself a realistic range of outcomes, and then you can make a better decision. Because what I don't want to do, Mike, on most cases, is give myself a floor, stay with this floor of zero. I do not like doing that in Dynasty. I don't want to have an asset that can just completely erode to nothing.
0: I get you, buddy. I get you. This is a good one. I like talking about these Dynasty edges, some things that always get overlooked. And these just are a few. I mean, we could do you know like a hours. five part series yes yeah. to be yeah. completely honest but we'll be back here uh, same time same place next week for Can't Bound episode 16 it'll be the fantasy playoffs we'll Three see 3
1: weeks in the dance
0: hopefully adam hopefully it's an uneventful week i mean please we need it uneventful
1: Une- uneventful and um, y'all know what i'm talking about the list the, the that even, list that list yeah.
0: not saying anything just let's just be uneventful
1: please <laughs> that christmas list we want to be short you know <laughs> please.
0: we've been good all year time to be rewarded Absolutely. Well, we appreciate it, everybody thank you for tapping in It's gonna do it for us we'll see you back here next week peace peace